Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Welcome to Pili, Raul, and La Musica, supported by Sure Microphones and Jack Daniels. For more information, follow us at Pili, Raul, and La Musica. It is such a pleasure to kick off 2020 with the artists that we're about to present. With us tonight is Ramon, better known as Bostiche, from part of Bostiche and Fusible from Norte Collective. He came all the way from Tijuana. Where are my Mexicans at? That's what I thought. They've spoken at TED. They have played at Coachella, Glastonbury, Outside Lands, you name it. Vive Latino. They're celebrating 20 years of career. They launched their greatest hits album, at the end of last year. And they truly have been able to create their own genre by mixing banda norteño sounds with electronic music. But do you want to introduce Ramon? The Grammy-nominated, Latin Grammy-nominated, international awards, superstars from around the world, and joining us here all the way from Tijuana, Mexico. Give it up for Ramon, better known as Bostich of the Norte Collective. Well, Ramon, good to see you. Welcome back to Los Angeles. I know you came all the way from uh, Tijuana right now. But, uh, of course, Norte Collective, celebrating 20 years. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> 20 years of career. You and Pepe met in the late 80s, correct? In Tijuana. What were you doing back then? Yes, uh, we, we started uh, there in Tijuana I think we were very lucky for Tijuana is a border. We grew up listening to uh, radio stations from San Diego. It, these radio stations, uh, they were not from San Diego. They were from Tijuana, but uh, the antennas, yeah, the antennas yeah. were in Tijuana and the radio stations were in, in English, like 91X. So we were very lucky to listen to 91X and another like a, a TV, a public radio with a lot of techno pop, a lot of electronic music. Even in the bars and the, they a lot of hip hop uh, music, a lot of electronic, and the other hand the, the traditional music. So it's a uh, uh, back at that years uh, we were very lucky that uh, we were we have a a bar called Iguanas that I remember uh, watching there a lot of bands. Uh, um, Nirvana opening for another band. Uh, wait, wait. So Nirvana played at a bar in Tijuana called Tijuanas. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, Tijuanas there play uh, Ramones, Debo, OMD, uh, Front to Forty Two, Psycho TV, a lot of experimental bands. So uh, not the, the influence not um, was uh, only the radio stations. Uh, the influence was very direct watching the bands uh, playing in front of us. Were you already attracted to being a musician or what were you doing? Because I know he's actually a dentist, by the way. I know you, can, you would never tell that, but he's actually a dentist. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he has a great thank smile, you, great thank teeth. You, thank you, thank you. 
when I finished my career as a dentist, I uh, studied music, a career of music, and I, but I continue doing dentistry for uh, 27 years, and uh, I have a lot of patients. One of my patients was uh, one of the guys from Bauhaus, this band. Wow. And, and, and a lot of friends came to my dental office, and uh, but I decided to finish my career as a dentist because uh, with Nortec, I we used to have a lot of work and playing in a lot of festivals, so I decided to only do do music. That's kind of crazy though that you were still doing the dentistry for about ten years even after Nortec had started up. <laughs> yes, so. I miss my career. I, I used to love it I, uh, as an orthodontist. Well, it's it's a good career to fall back yeah. on. Uh, uh, more money than music. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's good to know. Aspiring dentist. So, what are some of the other inspirations that influence Nortec? I hear Kraftwerk. I hear the band Yellow. So many other ones because there was so much electronica, of course, from Nortec fusing the sounds of Mexican regional. Who were some of the others? Yes, uh, I remember. Uh, I was a super fan of Kraftwerk. Uh, um, and the early 80s uh, technopop and industrial music. And um, I didn't imagine that, that I end up as a musician because uh, with working as a dentist. <laughs> but uh, when I started uh, working uh, with Pepe, I think it was in the late 80s. I used to play in a lot of rapes uh, in Mexico City, in Guadalajara, and Monterrey, because I my first album was uh, more techno oriented in, in 1994 and by this time you were by yourself right you were you weren't with Pepe yeah no uh, by myself but Pepe used to play in a industrial band so uh, I asked Pepe to follow me in my concerts and the partners of their band they got mad with Pepe that he played with, my, with, with myself <laughs> and uh, he fired Pepe and uh, so we we, sta we started working together from 94 but in 99 when Nortec everything changed so. so there was other people like in Nortec and maybe there's still you know Chlorophylla there's Panoptica how many members compile Nortec Collective? Yes uh, uh, the thing is uh, when we started Nortec Pepe and I Pepe uh, in 1999 called me in my dental office and I was there and he told me, hey, I have uh, some sounds of Norteño and band and sounds weird, sounds like uh, very bad, so, uh, <laughs> out of pitch, out of tempo, bad recordings. And uh, he, he asked me to, to work with that sounds and with electronic music and I, I think Pepe was like a... Uh, with something like a, <laughs> was like a dr drunk or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> and okay, he, t he gave me the sounds and he gave me the sounds, sorry. And, and uh, I started working and uh, I did uh, this uh, track called Polaris and Pepe in his uh, house uh, working the ventilador, another song. And every, every minute we did these songs, we called by phone because at that time, no internet. We <laughs> called it and, uh, hey, listening to this sound and the tuba sounds crazy. And, and um, in a few days, four or five days, we um, met in his house, listening to the tracks. Uh, he listened to uh, Polaris and I listened to his song, Ventilador, and, and we realized that something happened with something different, something that represents the Tijuana uh, it's like a soundtrack. Imagine the electronic music in one hand and the uh, traditional me uh, Mexican in another hand. So we decided to share 
the sounds to another musicians, not only in Tijuana, uh, even in Mexico. And from them, the, we invite at the beginning a lot of uh, real, real musicians there, but nobody respond. So the other friends like, like that, this is yes, really uh, weird. <laughs> so the, the the only friends that respond that that friends that there were not musicians. Berdin uh, was a musician, but was more in in a, in a, from Clorofila was more into the um, graphic design. Right. Uh, another friend was a promoter. Uh, the other were not musicians, so we decided to help them. The only real musicians that were uh, Terrestre, uh, Fernando Corona, a super musician, and Planton. And uh, so we shared the sounds. And in a few days, everybody came with uh, their demos. Wow. And uh, we burned a CDR, and we uploaded one of the songs, Polaris, in Napster. And was one of the most uh, downloaded songs in that time. Wow. Uh, Napster. And uh, so Nortec uh, started very fast, like uh, dynamite. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> I believe that as soon as you guys mm -hmm. named yourself Norte Collective and you put out that demo out there, then you you were playing a Coachella. Yes, uh, something happened very fast. Uh, somebody invited us a few days to play in San Diego and the, they were opening like a museum there in downtown. And I was playing there. And somebody came to me, and I met there the, the bass player, David J from Bauhaus. He was walking there outside and came inside, and, and you know, he told me, you know, I was walking here, and I heard your song, uh, Polaris, and I want to meet you. And from there, he was my patient and my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so Two in one, that's my, awesome. <laughs> so who here is a fan of Norteño music? <laughs> Okay, I'm not. <laughs> but the interesting thing is, like, neither of you were either. Yes, of course. Uh, I we are not fans. I am fan of uh, traditional Mexican music. I love my, my my roots and my music. But at that time, we we didn't um, match with uh, this aggressive and uh, sound of Norteño, where more like corridos, like uh, from drug dealers, bad words, a lot of things. Uh, at that time, 1999 was more like a shock. For us, so we didn't like it. So the, we decided to to deconstruct that uh, music, uh, recycle that music that we grew up, and doing something new, something different. At that time, I loved drum and bass, uh, jungle, that kind of music. And so when I received the sounds, I wanted, I, I was trying to do a, a drum and bass uh, song, but when I listened to the drummer of Banda Sinaloense. It was like a real drum and bass. <laughs> I, I just the copy paste and the the song Polaris came very fast. Wow! <laughs> and you're meshing two traditional sounds: what was electronica and regional Mexican. How was the response at that time to the sound from people in Tijuana? Yes, it was very different. Uh, people from Tijuana with electronic they celebrate. Because uh, with with Tijuana we didn't have something that was like uh, Tijuana. It's because Tijuana is a mixture of different cultures, so nothing represents something from Tijuana. Uh, at that time when the sound came, the people celebrate. But in another place, the people sometimes uh, people hate Norte. Because no, uh, Norteño and banda is uh, like canaco music or. Uh, 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 that's not good music. Why are you doing that? But they invite us to a big festival in Mexico, about 100,000 people in front of us. In Is this Vive Latino? Uh, no, in Zócalo. Okay. The uh. first time was a lot of German DJs, only played techno. 
and the promoter uh, they told us they don't play Nordic, they play just play your old music, your techno. It, it, we'd say, okay, we are going to play that. But when when Pepe and I were there, we played all the Nordic set, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and the people respond very good. Nobody um, whistle or nobody. Uh, they didn't throw tomatoes yeah, at you or huevos. <laughs> no, no okay. nothing. Okay, no, okay. They, they 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 didn't dance. They didn't like. They didn't. They don't know why. How was to, it more just shock? Like to, what? was a later shock? <laughs> and you know, one of the DJs, uh, the uh, DJ Hill. The Hill from the International DJ Gigolos, one of the best uh, electro and, and techno uh, music in the 90s. He was there playing and he listened to the song, this song Polaris, and he told me, he came to me, it was in year 2000, and he told me, hey, can, you, can I take your song uh, to do in, in, my, in a compilation? Yes, of course. And he, pay, he paid me with his, all his collection of, of the DJ set, the vinyls, it's for you and I, wow. I, I wow. because I don't have money so take the vinyls <laughs> so uh, I, I wasn't a DJ at that time Pepe was a DJ so he played for two years with that vinyls <laughs> I'm sure that record box is worth a lot of money yeah, these days exactly. so. you were talking about deconstructing the banda sound right what similarities did you find between electronic music and banda yes I, I think uh, for us it was very easy because we didn't uh, try to mix merengue or salsa. Or, because we grew up listening to Norteño and Banda. Even if you don't like it, if you are in a taxi or on a wedding or something, you listen to Banda and Norteño. It's like reggaeton so, music in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Even though you don't like it, it's, it's yeah, there. It's going to be it's there. You can't escape it. <laughs> so I, when uh, I came, I had the, the sounds. was like a... Sometimes I'm going to upload that, that sounds because it was very bad recordings. The the widow and everything was out of tempo. The trumpet was out of the pitch, so the tune. And uh, for us, was like a, I think was sounds very affects swing this uh, experimental electronic music. And um, for us, was uh, trying to do that was very easy to cut and and uh, manipulate that sounds with vocoders and synthesizers and the early uh, software for, to do electronic music and was very, very easy. Honestly, uh, Polaris, I did it in three days or, or less and the other, at the beginning was very productive. A lot, a lot of songs uh, came uh, at that time. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. usually when producers and make a track that is like instantaneous, a spontaneous, those are usually the best tracks because it comes naturally and so quickly. I want to get into a little bit about like other bands and other artists that started gravitating to the sound of Nortec. I know you did a remix for Kinky. You did the remix for Son de Mi Primer Amor. Fantastic record. The remix of yours was the first version of that song that I was playing back in the day on KCRW. And then you get like Pepe as Fusible doing the remix of Titan of Corazon. Again, big records for KCRW. How did those remixes come about? Chris Allison from uh, Sonic 360, that uh, label from London. Mm -hmm. And he was very, very interested in Nortec and he invited me to do a remix uh, I think the first remix to Nortec, I did it for Cerati because he was there in Tijuana oh, wow. and he was very, yeah. very, very fun from Nortec and he asked me to do a, um, a remix and I did a, re a remix and then I did the... For the what song? What Cerati song? Uh, Sulky. 
Sulkay did. And uh, at, at that time, I was deconstructing the Norteño, but at that time, I tried to deconstruct the Malambo music, that uh, this uh, ethnic music from the South America. And um, but I, I honestly I didn't put this the, the lyrics of <laughs> Serati because I, I uh, was more electronic. I only a few lyrics, or most most. But with Kinky, Chris Allison asked me to do the remix, send me the the files, and then uh, from then I think we met all the Kinky. And from then we are friends, very friends from yeah. from Hill and all the musicians. Uh-huh. We we sense that like every time we we interview a band from Mexico, I love how there's this sense of brotherhood um, when it comes to bands. They really help each other out. They you guys are a, col- a major collective in a way. Norte Collective is actually the first collective out of Tijuana, and I think we really it's really important for us to dig in into what t- Tijuana has to offer because there's a huge misconception about Tijuana you know there's a lot of negativity around Tijuana but there's also a beautiful cultural and artistic movement going on in Tijuana that inspired you guys talk to us about the influence of Tijuana in your music yes uh, Tijuana is a super chaotic city it's a I just remember uh, Tijuana. I I born in Tijuana and uh, I just remember that new places with uh, uh, this uh, Urban, urban, uh, without water, without electricity, the drug dealers uh, and everything. But you know, uh, I think Tijuana. One side is this chaotic thing, and in other places, Tijuana is uh, like an amalgam of cultures, because every time the people came from different states, we adapt the culture in food, in music, and everything. Even in lately, we have a lot of people from Haiti. I, uh, I did this country, and we accept that uh, people in in uh, in everything. So the, uh, Tijuana is um is uh, this uh, border city, uh, and uh, so we are lucky for for uh, not only the culture, even the food, and now about um, a big movement of uh, this food like a baja meta, like right. a, it's a, I think uh, we're very lucky, and but. And we, the sounds uh, too, all the sounds yes, that uh-huh. you hear. Yes, but uh, but I think Norted in somehow represent the or reality of um, the worst time. I think was in 2007. It was very uh, dangerous and a lot of kidnapping and the drug dealers. So at that time we did that this album Tijuana Sound Machine. That's like a pivotal record for you guys. When Tijuana Sound Machine came out, it was a time where it's like, oh wow, now these guys aren't just you know producers with beats now you guys are including lyrics and it made a little more kind of like songs did you realize that you had something special at around that time yes uh, at, the, at the beginning nortec was uh, very experimental uh, with that sounds exper- experiment even we didn't work with real musicians was the the, the all the accordions the trumpets even the lyrics uh, we took the lyrics and everything from that recordings, uh, and and, uh, and when when did that the songs, uh, I was working in my dental office and uh, and and the guy who record all the sounds. Uh, I could just imagine. Wait, first you're at a dental <laughs> office and you you hear out of the background, dunch, 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 and people are going like, it's like no 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 yes and and, and the, the guy the, the guy who did the recordings, um, he called me and they hey you know. Uh, 
I did all the recordings and I went to have a lawyer because wow. uh, George used my, my sounds and I said, okay, uh, do it, what you, but what I took the songs, but the songs that I took I, is even was a cover from Beatles. From, uh, what a cover from Beatles, only covers. Right. So we didn't recognize, and uh, and, and I told him, you know, uh, it's okay, okay. Let's go to your studio and record the musicians from from then. Uh, at the beginning was only rec uh, this that recordings, but we started working with real musicians. So that album, the Tijuana Sound Machines, uh, was another step beyond uh, working the musicians. But the musicians there were very afraid to play live with us because uh, uh, we used to play only in, in electronic music events and uh, when we invited the, them to play with us they came dressing like a more raver more techno <laughs> things no no were they dressing uh, the part I just could you play with your hat and everything no 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 the people are going to laughing at me and uh, but no but then uh, we asked them to play with their hats and everything and now they are the rock stars we are not the, just playing in the yeah because it also shifted mm -hmm. a little bit to mm -hmm. where where they're in the forefront they're now the, the, the performers that you guys are kind of showcasing in the live performance which is really cool because you think about it it's like okay normally these were just samples and these were just little bits that you recorded and now they're bringing the live element to your performance and i remember when the evolution of nortec you and, and and pepe to where it became and to what it is now i mean it's 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 a big big arc were you thinking that the audience is 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 expecting this the live element to the performance uh, i i think uh it's uh uh the, the the sound were uh, changing and evolution evolution. I think that's a good thing because uh, if uh, the second or third album sounds like the first album, I think was Nortec dead. Uh, uh, when Nortec started, one of my friends told told us, hey, you know, Nortec is only one or two years and it's okay. <laughs> it's kind of like what they said about reggaeton. It's kind of what they said about. But uh, we is, is still here, 20 years, even um, a few years, uh, we some decide to end up the, the sound of Nortec. But when we announced that we're going to end up the sound of Nortec, uh, a lot of people started calling us, like uh, Circo Soleil, or even do, doing collaborations, and uh, so we decided to continue doing this Good. sound. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so now that you mentioned Cirque du Soleil, you guys did the, the music for Lucia, which is one of Cirque du Soleil's shows. Yeah. How, have, have any of you seen it? <laughs> okay, so the soundtrack was made by, by Norte Collective. So it's, it's a mix of like Luz, which is light, and Juvia, which is rain. How did that collaboration come about? I mean, that's a big fucking deal. Mm -hmm, yes, yes. Uh, we played in, um, in Montreal, is the place where Cirque du Soleil started. So we were there, and uh, one guy in the audience stayed there, and and when we finished the show, he invited us to 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 meet at the the place from Circus Soleil. It's like a city; it's a huge city. And we were there, and they told us, you know, we have a we have a plan to do a Mexican contemporary music with uh, Circus Soleil, and and we have a something another bands it's a lot of bands uh, was invited to do that and they asked us to do a song and we told them okay let, let's do a song so we started with one song and they like it 
and they ask us to another song, and, and they like it too. And Circus Soleil is very jealous, uh, so they're very professionals. So they decide to send uh, people from Circus Soleil to Tijuana to make sure that we're doing the music. And, uh, oh, wow. They oh, didn't so believe you were making the music. <laughs> so, wait, so they sound like detectives? <laughs> so I think... Cirque du Soleil uh, detectives, making sure that the music is original. So if you have, it's easy to spot a Cirque du Soleil detective. Yeah. <laughs> They're usually wearing a lot of face makeup. The leotards yeah. and doing these weird <laughs> movements. I think was not a good decision from them because they sent them, the people to Tijuana and when they were here, we did a tour with them, the food, the beers, a lot of mezcal, <laughs> and they get, 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 get drunk and they decide to do the complete album. So that's the, that's the story. <laughs> Nothing alcohol can fix, right? That's true. So go, going from something like Cirque du Soleil, which is like rainbows and puppies, <laughs> let's talk about, again, your music and... Is there any social criticism in your music at any moment? Mm -hmm. I think uh, um, uh, our music uh, is um, always has something to do with our reality. Tijuana is a city that changed very fast, very fast. And 1989, when we started Nortec, was a city very industrial with a lot of companies, a lot of te television assemble companies a lot of trailers a lot of things and uh, it's more like a more industrial thing happened but little by little i i think 2007 when when it was a little violent so we uh, most of the songs has, uh, has something to do with the violence uh, i have a, a song that is called akai 47 that I did a mixture of words with the Akai, my main instrument, this MPC sampler, and the 47 from the gun. And I did that song. Pepe did another song called um, uh, Reten, because we used to have a lot of, a lot of checkpoints, and Pepe record all the, all, the, all the conversations and did that song. And in 2010, we were traveling a lot. Uh, we we did we we were mostly most of the time out of Tijuana, but most of the news was a very bad bad news, and one of the worst news was we used to have a new new boulevard called Boulevard 2000. At, at the beginning, the idea was to connect different cities with that boulevard, but end up like uh, the place where a lot of dead people they put the people yeah. and, and uh, so we we put the we decide to put that name on our album. Boulevard 2000, and the good thing about this is uh, when you Google at the beginning, uh, because we Google the, the name, and when you put Boulevard 2000, only bad news about Tijuana, a lot of death, a lot of killing, but when we uh, release the album, when you put Boulevard 2000, a lot of things, only only music wow. came. So it's, I, for that, it's is good because it's another, awesome. another face from Tijuana. The, that's only only the the bad things is cultural or music in another hand. But that's a great example of the power of music. Mm -hmm. You know, you're changing mm -hmm. how Tijuana mm -hmm. is looked at. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. So congratulations mm -hmm. on that. That's <laughs> Thank awesome. you. Uh, yes. yeah. 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 yeah, because a lot. 
it's it's all perception. Like you were talking about what you guys are witnessing in the news. It's always just sensational and it's always just the bad stuff that you hear about, especially if you're out of the country. Like if you're watching the news in L.A. and they mention Tijuana or somewhere a border town, it's going to be something about narcos. It's going to be something negative. So you guys kind of like bridge that cultural gap that was needed, you know, and that just goes to show, like Billy just said, this music is so powerful. It's the message. And I, I kind of sense that the Boulevard Dos Mil, it was this kind of like lineage and this kind of thing to combine sounds, combine ideas. I mean, where did it come up that, that you wanted to name it that? Because uh, uh, it's for the news. Because uh, uh, in some way, our music, we are trying to represent what's happening in Tijuana. And so we were traveling and the news only was Boulevard Dos Mil. Boulevard Dos Mil, Boulevard Dos Mil, that killing, Boulevard Dos Mil, that. So that's uh, the reason we decide to put that. that it's also move. a risk. So I, mm -hmm. it's awesome that you guys mm -hmm. are, were willing to take risks. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's something that you've been doing from the beginning because if you're mixing, again, yeah. those very traditional <laughs> Mexican sounds with electronic, that's also a risk. Mm -hmm. So risks, taking risks for you has been favorable, mm -hmm. for sure. <laughs> And talking about risk, how much do you think luck has been on your side? Because... What I hear is that Chris Blackwell, who is the founder of Island Records, who is a label who launched YouTube, Bob Marley, and my favorite band, The Killers. <laughs> <laughs> They found you guys, and it was really randomly, mm -hmm. right? Very Tell random, us a story. Very random. <laughs> At that time when we uploaded this song in Napster, it uh, was like a little, a little famous, <laughs> this Polaris song, and... Uh, So we decided to burn Pepe and I uh, 1,000 copies of CD-ROM in, uh, in our houses <laughs> with everything. And uh, we uh, give that albums for free in a, in, a, in a party. And one of that albums came to the hands of uh, Camilo, Camilo Lara. In the, uh, from that, Mexican uh, Institute uh, of Sound. Yes, at that time was uh, the, from Emmy, I think was an yeah. Emmy. And album to Camilo. And I think the album was there. And her friend, Kim Bui, uh, he found the album because the, the art of the album was uh, made from Free Torres, one of the guys from the visual hand of Nortec. And uh, he said, what is it? It's uh, music. Uh, he said, his music from Tijuana. Okay, take it. And, and she take the album, the, the CD. And she played that album in a birthday party in Chris Blackwell in his house. And he listened to the music, and he's like, what is that? Oh, it's music from <laughs> Tijuana. And he sent Kim to, to sign uh, Nortec in his in Palm Pictures label. So that's, that's the story about... Um, but uh, when he invited us to sign the contract with Palm, he, he invited uh, Bono from U2 and, 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 the, and the guy from uh, Napster. It's a very, very young guy. He was there and um, we were in his house. And then and another day we signed the contract with uh, Palm Pictures. I, <laughs> I mean, pinch me. You know, like, what are the chances? That's amazing. Well, I think that's who it was then. Camilo Lara was at KCRW también. He brought the CDR. Uh -huh. 
and that CDR right now, if you ever go to KCRW, for whatever reason, we have a huge music library with a bunch of CDs. If you go through the CDs and you go to the Nortec section, that CDR that he's talking about is right there. Yes, the first time uh, Nortec uh, something a radio station was in KCRW, yeah. and they, uh, they yes. It's good music. Mm -hmm. That's that's what it came down yeah. to because like they gave us the CDR and Nick Harcourt is all like, well, check this out. It's it's obviously in Spanish, <laughs> and I put it in the <laughs> and I popped it in the player and there was no lyrics. So yeah. I gave it right back to Nick and I'm like, you got to check this shit out. It's really freaking mm -hmm. good. Fusible means fuse in Spanish, but what's bostich? Bostich. Okay, bostich. I took the the name. Uh, I think it was in 19. 89, I did a, a demo song. Uh, I started my project in 88, but with not only like a, like Ramona Mezcua. But in 1989, a friend of us uh, uh, invited me to do a song from his uh, radio station in Tijuana. It's a public radio from there. I did a song and, and uh, he told me, oh, what is the name of your band? And no, oh, I don't have a, a name in my band. Oh, let's, let's, and we started to, randomly take a, a vinyl from my vinyl collections and the vinyl came from Jello. This band switched the switch, uh, band and the song was called Bostich and I took the name from that song. <laughs> like Raul had a feeling that was the idea behind it. <laughs> Just a random thought. <laughs> Why was it the idea to finish the Nortec sound? Did you, did you think it had an end? No, because uh, I think it was a very good end because we collaborate with people that we... Um, Uh, love like crab work, uh, Alan Parsons, uh, a lot of collaborations, uh, playing in festivals. So that's the reason we decide. But when we said we're going to finish, a lot of opportunities came. And mm. opportunities not not to play. I I mean I mean that opportunities to do something different. That this is like a secret soleil. And um, so I think for, for us, like, Nortec is very, very easy to, to, <laughs> to produce, right. to even to, to do something, trying to do something new, ev evolution, the sound. Well, as your fans and as the audience here, like, we don't want Nortec to ever end, so I'm glad that you guys are back. Yes. <laughs> and it's been 20 years. We can't wait for 20 more oh, years. Yes. Well, before we end, we have this tradition at room number seven of asking seven questions. Mm -hmm. And we ask these seven <laughs> questions. See, it's kind of famous now. People look forward to it. So um, these are the seven questions that we ask. Yes, okay, try not to think about it too okay. much. Okay, okay, so it's kind of like okay. speed fire. Um, what is your pre-show ritual? Algo que creas que te da suerte antes de entrar al escenario. Thinking my family. <laughs> Thank you. Aww. Yes, yes. I, I, One, always, two, always. Three. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> That's because his family is here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you obviously mentioned a lot of music, a lot of vinyls, a lot of records. What was the first album that you either bought, borrowed, stole? Kratwerk, Autobahn from Kratwerk. So that changed my life. I didn't know about synthesizers. I didn't know that uh, instruments, but uh, uh, from that I uh, was more the, trying to find more about electronic music. What What did you think when you heard that? Like, because this is something completely foreign to the sounds that you were hearing in Tijuana back then. I mean, you're hearing, you know, obviously those iconic artists that we all know from back then, and then all of a sudden you throw in craftwork or. I think it's the the passion. 
to imagine the future. I think I'm more like a, in the futuristic things, like, like movies and uh, since I was a kid. And when I listen to electronic music, like uh, even Pink Floyd and that progressive bands, but mostly with the uh, Jarren crowd, when I listened, I was imagining, I think in the future, the music will be only electronic and that, that's the reason why. <laughs> so who is your musical crush and why? And it could be a man because you like how he produces music or it could be a woman. It's up to you. Musical mm -hmm. crush and why? And it could be somebody dead or alive. <laughs> no, I, I love, uh, it's, it's a difficult question, but uh, I am fan of Air, this uh, yeah. Frenchman. And always, to me, it's fresh music. So that's when I want to relax or something, uh, Air, Air is one of them. Mm -hmm. okay. And then you play the song Sexy Boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. So this I is my were, song. I thought you were going to say Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you could time travel to any era, any place, where would it be? Mm, uh, I think the most surreal concert in my life was in uh, Tijuana, watching uh, Psyche TV. It's a very advanced of time band because was playing Acid, Acid House at that time in the, in the late 80s. And I think we'll be very happy to be there again and watching this futuristic music You've been, like I said before, you've played at Coachella, Glastonbury, Outside Lands, Vive Latino, all these amazing festivals. Any cool backstage anecdote that you can tell us about? Any weird thing happening backstage? Any other band that you, I don't know, that you met and you thought they were going to be great and then you met them and you're like, oh my God, they suck. Any backstage anecdote that you can share with us? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me take a drink. <laughs> Wait, that's the next question. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Now, okay, I never, never in my life uh, taken any, any drug, any any time in my life. So I was playing two years ago in, in uh, Glastonbury. I was there, and I was in the backstage, and I was a little late there in Glastonbury, and uh, my musicians they didn't allow them to eat there. I don't know why. But I came a little late there, and there allowed me to, to eat. And I take a food there, a very delicious soup. And then uh, I was the sound was the sound check. And then I started to feeling like a little weird, a little <laughs> weird. And I sleep, and I was there sleeping, and very far from the stages of the concerts. And another stage was playing a uh, muse, and another stage was playing a uh, reggae band. And to me, it was like a crazy listening to that dance. And then I started to feel a little weird in my, in my body because with, without clothes. <laughs> so no, only my... <laughs> and, uh, lechones. And, no, lechones. <laughs> and, and, the, and then I came out and asked one of my the musicians, I asked for another musician and he told me, no, that musician, they didn't come to this show. Why are you asking for him? You know, I don't know. So I came to, the, to play in the show. And before I played, I saw a lot of people getting to our backstage in the window. And I asked Pepe. Like through the window? Through, through the window. And I asked Pepe, Pepe, somebody's getting to our backstage in the window. And he told me, no, it's no windows there. <laughs> 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 it's no windows there. And um, 
and I starting to uh, uh, myself feeling like a dif different and uh, you're like this chat <laughs> life is really weird <laughs> different and and and, uh, and I was like and Pepe and, and my other musicians they realized that I was little weird and uh, and Pepe asked the promoter in Glastonbury the promoters are hippies from the 70s and uh, he, hey what you know my my partner is feeling like a little weird and uh, and, and maybe he ate something and he told oh he has the best wheat soup in UK <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I think uh, it was a very bad experience and, uh, and uh, I think it's not the only wheat I think was the mushrooms or something because I was like and uh, Pepe uh, he was la laughing at me hey Ramon <laughs> it's your first time in Glastonbury <laughs> so I think was the most uh, when they told me that was that I feel more comfortable because I, at the beginning I was th uh, thinking I'm cra getting crazier right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best vegetable soup in the world <laughs> Well, as long as you didn't run across the fields in your chonies. <laughs> Were you still able to play okay? Yes, when uh, when I Pepe told me, I he told me uh, professional. He told me, uh, uh, "Hey, Ramon, take a take a take a beer and eat, eat something." And I okay, and, and then and then you were fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, if there's anybody that you would love to have a drink with and it could be somebody again dead or alive just to have that time and be able to sit with them and have that drink who mm -hmm. would that be i think uh that happened to me that happened to me and pepe uh, two years ago we have opportunity to uh did a, a song with uh craft work with one of the musicians and uh and wolgan floor the percussionist the he invited us to do a tour in Dusseldorf, this place from Germany, and he uh, invited us to stay in the first bar when they drink, the restaurant, the place when they did the music, and that thing, that experience was huge for me, for us, like uh, trying to, you have a, like a super uh, hero in electronic music and stay with him, I think that that happens for us. So our last and seventh question was actually made by our previous artist who we had here in December, which was Gabi Moreno. I don't know if any of you were here for that mm -hmm. show. So we asked our guest to leave a question for the following artist. Okay. So Gabi Moreno asked, she didn't know it was going to be you. Okay. They mm -hmm. never know who it is. So if you could only take one album to space with you, what album would you take? Oh, a, a Music for Airports from Rayanino. I think that will be end, end, endless to listen to. Music for airports, Brian Eno. So you need to leave a question for whoever we have next in February. What question would you want to leave that artist? Um, I think, what song changed your life? Ooh, <laughs> okay. that's a good one. Thank you so oh. much, Ramon. Mm -hmm. And thank you. Thank you. we miss Pepe, but you did an yes, amazing job. No, so thank, thank you for being here yes, with us. Me. Now we open up the floor for a Q&A from the audience. Anybody has a question for Ramon? I went to Coachella when you went to play to Coachella, and I was like, oh, my goodness. I am, like, so excited. I even took my son. My son's name is Ramses, mm -hmm. and we were so excited, both my husband, Ramses, and myself. I couldn't go in there, but I saw you from, like, far away. Okay? <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, 
Yes, uh, Coachella was for us um, very important because we played in the first, in the second Coachella, two thousand one. There, I think, um, and then coming back, uh, most more than fifteen years later to Coachella, uh, was uh, very important, and I think um, there is uh, as a Mexican band trying to represent and somehow the music from there was very important for us. That's, that's the reason why. Hola, Bostich. I saw you guys back in the early 90s when you guys were doing your, your musical things with the samples and the videos, the video productions, and then eventually you guys went into, you know, with the real musicians. And I just want to know, like, every time I, I come, I see you and I, and I hear something new from you, like, I mean, what is the next step that you think you're gonna go into? Uh, I think it's uh, back to roots because uh, Pepe and I were working in a side projects, working with um, uh, or instruments, the main instrument that is uh, synthesizers, drum machines, and we have uh, more projects. Pepe has a project, uh, call it um, Quadripoint. It's like a more, uh, uh, it has something to do with the, the border. And I have uh, my project like as a Ramona Mezcua with uh, only techno and uh, some experimental things. And, but we have more projects coming. I have a, we have a project with uh, this um, uh, contemporary uh, dance from New York called Pilobulus. And uh, we did that work uh, last year, but this year we're working another project in the border. So continue working, producing. <laughs> hey, so um, where do you see electronic music in Mexico going for the future? Mm -hmm. It's a, a lot of new generations. The, the thing about electronic music is now it's thousands of bands, thousands of projects. It's very difficult to find something good. Uh, but uh, it's happening in Tijuana. We have uh, some projects there that uh, is working good. And Pepe is doing a very good research about them. He has his Spotify uh, with uh, electronic music from Mexico. It's only Mexican musicians, so you can check it out. And it's a good music there. Bueno, siendo de Tijuana, de Las Sánchez, quiero preguntar qué opinas sobre la escena en Tijuana con nuevas bandas como. Policías y Ladrones, Ratigán, Parques de Cometas. ¿Qué opinas sobre el movimiento que está surgiendo ahorita y cómo puede crecer? Sí. So basically what he's asking is how, how do you feel and what are, what's your opinion on the new bands that are coming out of Tijuana? Uh, it's a very talented uh, new bands. The thing is um, uh, sometimes they decide to move from Tijuana, even go to Mexico City, but I think it's not a good idea to move there because a lot of bands, and it's, uh, the best thing is to stay there, like uh, Polices y Dradones y Cometas, uh, ellos los conozco, it's a very, very good one. Even Ramona is uh, very good. In electronic music is uh, Braulio Lam, and, um, and uh, my son, my sons, my sons. <laughs> Shameless plug to your son. <laughs> my sons, Grenda, Grenda, and Yune. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, everyone, for being part of Pili Raúl la Música.
en vivo with Norte Collective. Ramon Bostich, thank you for sharing so much about your story, for inspiring us, and also congratulations on being one of those few bands that are able to create their own sound and genre. So once again, give it up for Bostich, everybody, of Norte Collective. Que se escuche, por favor. Gracias for checking out our podcast. Hey, and special thanks to Ulises El Licenciado Lozano for our amazing theme song. Our mix and recording engineer, Mario Diaz. Our artistic director, Dak. And can't forget about our sponsors, Pili. No, Raúl, Sure Microphones. And Jack Daniels, gracias for supporting La Musica Latina. And for more information and other episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast at Pili, Raúl, and La Musica. Hey, make sure to tell your tía, abuelo, primas, everybody to subscribe. A todos. Oh,